Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt-free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Today, I have Amy LaLiberty on the line. I love that name, by the way. But Amy is the owner of My Virtual CFO and a trusted profitability advisor to six and seven figure business owners. So if you are a business owner listening, this is one for you. Um, she helps owners that are tired of being behind in their books and are ready to uncover blind spots, course correct, and ultimately get more profitable. Um, Amy is also a certified life and money coach and works with business owners who seek greater confidence and unwavering drive to attract and build wealth in their business, in their lives. Hey, Amy, how are you? I'm good, Tiff. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So right before we came on, I was telling you how much this conversation is needed right now in this moment, especially in my life. (laughs) Um, But I'm sure there are so many people out there listening in that are going through the same struggles. So just to preface this episode, we're going to be talking about, um, you know, how to set up your small business, you know, for tax purposes and things like that. And then we'll also talk about when should you pay yourself and how should you pay yourself? Because I feel like that is a very important thing that gets overlooked in a lot of beginning small businesses. So let's just jump right in. So Amy, what are your thoughts around an LLC? Like, should people form an LLC or should they leave it a sole prop? Or what are your thoughts around that? When you have decided that you want to be an entrepreneur, which I think is really like a state of mind. So if you want to have your own business and be self-employed, I think it's an all-in type approach. Like that's my mindset. So if you're going to do it, let's go all in because we know that we're going to create this entity because we want to use it as a tool for a very intentional lifestyle that we are looking to create. And so I think from the beginning to create an LLC is the way to go. Now, there are other reasons that you may want to be a sole prop, but for me, I say go with an LLC because that is an indication to your brain and to your mindset. Like we're taking this seriously. We're going all in. When you do an LLC, what you're doing is dividing yourself as a individual person and your business. So you're creating that legal protection that if at any point something happened legally with you within your business, that um, that the person who was suing the business wouldn't have access to your personal assets. So I really just like it in terms of like stepping forward with the peace of mind and confidence that you are making that separation. So that's why I like the sole, the LLC formation over the sole prop. I gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, we definitely have an LLC, but there's another thing that's, you know, floating around that a lot of people don't understand either. And, you know, when you're an LLC, there's different ways that you can be taxed, right? Right, right. Absolutely. When you, if you just decide, I'm going to put an LLC so I can make that division between myself and my business, you're an, you're an LLC in the IRS, For those of you listening in the United States, this is what I'm talking about. 
um, you are considered a disregarded entity. And what that basically means to the IRS is, is their acknowledgement of, yes, you have a legal entity. We see that. Thank you. And um, we are disregarding that entity in terms of like a corporate tax structure. So please create an accounting bookkeeping system, track your income and your expenses. And at the time when it comes time for you to file your taxes, we want that on a personal return on your Schedule C. So that's like basically when you do that, that's exactly what you uh, the IRS is instructing you to do. Okay, so let's say I have an LLC. I've set it up as an S-Corp now because I read online that was the right thing to do. Um, what do I do now? Like, what are the benefits of being in an S-Corp? If you think about it from the standpoint of if we let's go back to like the land of like soul prop. So if you decide to have a soul prop, then, you know, that's where you are. Then you decide to put a legal entity so that you draw that boundary. Now you're an LLC with a disregarded entity. And usually when you're just starting out, that's where I see most of my clients stay. And the reason why is because when they're scaling business, chances are their profit margins are smaller than they are in years two, three, four, and five, because they're just laying the foundation. So you're doing the Schedule C with that, as I just explained. But then once you start becoming increasingly more profitable and you have higher revenue numbers, what companies tend to do is they decide to elect with the IRS as an S-corp status. Now, what I explain that as, it's almost like you're putting another division in yourself as I am going to, I want to be treated as a business owner and an employee. And so when you do an S-corp, what you are doing is essentially saying, IRS, I'm going to file a corporate tax return and I'm going to pay myself a reasonable salary so I can be treated as an S-corp because there are tax advantages to that because of the way that when you're a W-2, you have tax withholding. So you're taxed at a different rate versus when you are a disregarded entity LLC paying self-employment tax. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the only way to get that benefit is to have an S-corp. So you can't be like a partnership or a single member LLC or anything like that. It has to be an S-corp. Yeah. When you file yourself as an S-corp, you are, are putting that division between yourself as an owner. When you're an LLC, just like a disregarded entity LLC, when you take your owner's draw, which is how you would pay yourself as an LLC, you are just taking money out of the equity of the business. So you have profit in the business um, and it's sitting on your balance sheet as um, retained earnings. What you're doing is when you take money out through an owner's draw, you're taking some of those earnings to pay for your personal lifestyle and to, you know, as an owner, whereas with the as a S corp, you are, you can still take owner's distributions and you would put yourself on payroll and pay yourself a reasonable salary. So you're, you're taking, you're identifying yourself in two different ways um, as part of the business. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, while we're on the topic of taxes, because taxes is a big concern for a lot of people, um, especially when you're in a small business, I have friends that had businesses and 
didn't do their taxes, maybe didn't pay taxes or whatever the case may be. And then they're in a ton of IRS debt. So a lot of times when people hear taxes, it's like, oh my gosh, this is like horrible. Um, But why do you think people should embrace paying taxes? Because if you're paying taxes, it means that you're running a profitable business. And if you think about, you know, you hear these statistics about 82% of businesses are surviving from like, one invoice to another. And when you think about that and you think about cash constraint um, and you think about the fact that there are many businesses that are overspending on what they're bringing in. And so when you think about just the basic accounting formula of the income statement, which is sales minus expenses equals profit, you want that profit number to be a larger number because you are in business to create profit. So when you're taxed on that profit, it's an indication that you are running a successful business, that you are part of the 18% of businesses that are running healthy businesses. And so that should be celebrated. I mean, we all want to create wealth when we create these businesses. And when you create profit, you're essentially creating wealth in your business and for yourself as the owner. And so there's nothing wrong with paying taxes. I think that the part that there is a lot of confusion around is that like taxes are bad and you know we shouldn't want to pay for taxes. And so what I recommend to my clients and what I do for myself is that I live in a country that I want to pay taxes because I want to support, you know, things that the government provides for its people. And so what I do is instead of saying, oh, my God, I can't believe I have to pay taxes. I just I pay my taxes. And then what I've done, I've done two things. Sometimes I just end up going for a drive and I look at the road and I see the people doing the construction on the road and the bridges. And I think to myself, my taxes is helping maintain the infrastructure of this country. And then if I don't have any intentions of driving or anything like that, I will go to different government agency sites. So like the National um, Health Department is the, the one that I have gone to in recent years. And I just look and see what sort of research that the federal government is funding. And I like to believe that the amount of money that I've paid in my taxes is going to support health research and innovation in the medical field. And when I do that, it doesn't feel like I am like paying taxes into some vortex where I don't know where the money is going. I just allow my mind to believe that this is exactly what I'm supporting and funding when I pay taxes. That's why I embrace paying taxes because it's indicating that I am a profitable business and that I am contributing to the general betterment of our society. That is definitely true. And that's a mindset change, right? Because, you know, like I said, people default to, oh my gosh, I have to pay taxes. But if you look at it in the way that you just explained, like, hey, I'm paying taxes, but guess what? That's because my business is profitable. Um, (laughs) Then it makes it, you know, like, oh, well, how can I pay taxes? How can I pay more taxes? Because it just, you know, shows that, hey, I'm running a successful business and I am able to pay taxes. A lot of people aren't able to pay taxes in their businesses starting up 
or even when they get older. So um, that's a very good mindset shift that needs to happen. So let me just recap a little bit just to make sure that I'm following everything right. So when you first start your business, go ahead and throw it into an LLC because then, like Amy said, you are telling yourself this is real. This is an entity and I need to treat it as such. Um, And then once you get some more profit, then start turning it into an S-Corp. So that way, you know, you pay yourself as an employee, get the tax benefits and whatnot. And then if you are 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 having to pay taxes as a business, guess what? That means you're successful. So now we have a new benchmark, right? (laughs) Um, Now, going back to starting up your business, um, I know when I was reading through your information, uh, you have an idea that there's five bank accounts that you need to have set up right off the bat. So what are those and what do they look like? Absolutely. So what that's referring to is... Profit First. I'm a certified Profit First professional. And with that, it's a book that was written by um, Mike Michalowicz. And what it is, is it's a, it's a principle in regards to helping business owners. And I mean, this could be applicable to personal finance as well, that we as humans will use our habits in order to to make decisions. And so in business, if you have one account and all the account has all the money coming in and all the money going out, we really don't have the information that we need in order to decide like, you know, like going back to a second about taxes, do I have enough money for taxes? Do I have enough money to make payroll? Do I have enough money to pay my expenses for the month? Because it's all just sitting there in one, like, you know, one account. And so with Profit First, it's essentially using bank accounts to create a cash flow management system. And so you've got five accounts in a basic implementation and you have all your money coming into the one account, which is the income account. And then based on a predetermined rhythm, at minimum, we recommend the 10th and uh, 25th of the month, just as an indicator you move the money out of the income account into the other four accounts. And those four other accounts are profit, tax, owner's pay, and operating expense. And what that does is that instead of having these fears, like we were talking about before, about like, I don't, you know, I'm going to have to pay taxes. I don't know how I'm going to be able to, you know, afford that and everything. It's already done because you've already decided and you've allocated dollars towards your tax savings account. So that account is purpose is to help you pay for taxes and to save for taxes. And then you as an owner have money put aside so that you can pay yourself as an owner. And then the profit account is, again, when I was talking to you about business owners that are that are operating from one invoice to another, it's because they haven't consciously decided that they want to be profit. They want to be a profitable business in the terms of like, The accounting principle, as I said earlier, is sales minus expenses equals profit, right? So if we turn around and we decide that we're going to take our profit first, we say sales minus profit equals expenses. If we put the profit before the expenses, we know that we're going to be profitable because we've decided that is the uh, priority over spending on expenses. So um, again, we do the profit first and then what's left over after those three other accounts are allocated are the operating expense monies. What that invites business owners to do is to have constraint and to make their business operate in a very efficient manner with the money that's left in the operating expenses. 
So the whole idea of Profit First is incredibly easy. Set up five bank accounts, create percentages, and run the money through. But the actual maintenance and continuation of it is where the challenge lies because there's temptation. Let's say that you, you're, you know, sales, like you have um, invoices that are delayed. And so therefore, like, you know, it's time to make a payment and for, let's say your credit card payment and you want to pay it off in full, but you don't have the money in the operating expense in order to make that payment. So the temptation becomes like, oh, I've got all this money in my tax account. I'm just going to take it from there. So it's really inviting you as a business owner to really constrain and honor the practice of profit first, which is you're allocating, you're deciding that the money is being allocated for these purposes and you're going to keep it that way. Ah, you know what this sounds a lot like? What? <laughs> Budgeting. Yes. <laughs> and I say that because we talk a lot about budgeting on this podcast, and this is just another way to budget um, that may actually also work for people's personal finances as well. Um, so I'm glad that you brought that up. But I think it's interesting having the five separate bank accounts, because like I shared with you before we even popped on the podcast, I was like, me and my husband just started paying ourselves as employees. And we had everything, well, we still have everything in one big bank account. And so, you know, every week I was scared to pay us because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I want to make sure I can cover everything else (laughs) before us. Um, But like you were saying, profit first. And so now what we do, you know, we put ourselves on payroll and so we pay ourselves first (laughs) and then uh, we go ahead and handle the business expenses. And we're in week two of that and nothing has blown up. So so it's amazing actually how the mind works in all of this too, because I was operating from a place of fear. I'm like, okay, I don't want to pay us because I want to make sure that we can pay our, you know, contractors, make sure all of our bills are paid for the business and things like that. And then we'll just take whatever's left over. But guess what? Every time I did that, there was nothing left over for us. And so now that we're paying ourselves first, we're actually getting, you know, a decent salary. I still started it low um, (laughs) just so, you know, we can kind of inch into what we want to make. But, um, you know, just starting there. Um, has been life-changing because not only for the business, but also for personal finance, because now I'm able to budget a little better, right? Um, So all of what you're saying is super, super important. And I'm going to have to look into doing the five bank accounts um, and seeing how much better (laughs) that makes this whole situation, um, because that sounds like a marvelous idea. So Yeah, what I will say just as like a piece of advice for you and to your audience, if you are interested, one of the greatest barriers to entry with Profit First, and it's this sounds really um, silly, but it's true. I've seen it. I've done enough of these implementations is there is resistance around going to the bank 
and creating and setting up the accounts. And the reason is because sometimes, you know, if you're working with a bank where they start asking, like, why do you need all these accounts? You just need this. Why don't you do this? I think it then becomes to like when you're when you're like, okay, I'm going to do something new. And it's not something that is like widely practiced. It becomes like oh my overwhelming. And I invite you to if you decide that you're going to do this and you decide that, and if you're working with a bank um, institution that you have to go in person to open up the accounts, I invite you to schedule the appointment and go to your favorite place, coffee shop, wherever you like to have like your favorite, like sort of like treat beverage, purchase yourself a beverage and a non-alcoholic beverage. Mm -hmm, Right. (laughs) And go to the bank and open up the account, like do it so that it's a super duper treat. The reason why is because when you do that, it will just make you feel like such a more confident and intentional business owner and someone who really wants to take their business to the next level by creating these accounts that are going to create greater confidence and clarity when you're looking at your business financials. Awesome. Awesome. And actually, I might see if I can go ahead and open those up today. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, right when we get off the, the line, because, you know, it sounds like a wonderful idea. And as everybody knows that listens to this podcast, I'm all about budgeting. And this sounds like taking budgeting to that next level. Um, when it comes to your business. So I'm very excited about that. And I can't wait to see what that does for our business. But since we're talking about the next level, right? um, When, like, how do you know as a business owner, when it's time to start outsourcing the business financials? Um, I know in this particular business that I'm talking about with me and my husband, I have recently started engaging like CPAs, accountants, bookkeepers, you know, just to get pricing and things like that, because I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know how much longer I can take this um, doing it solo. So how do you know when it's time? Like, when is it time, Amy? (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I think when you're just starting out, Right. I think that there's always time to enlist the support that you need. It's just really at what extent and capacity that you wish to have them. So when you're just starting out, it very well might be that you want to work with someone who has like a DIY, who has a course that can help you set up your bookkeeping system. What I have found is there's there's a lot of business owners that are really great about creating social media and they purchase a social media tool where they can like schedule all their content and all of that, but they're using an Excel spreadsheet for their business tracking. And so what I would say is that you need to get yourself on in a, like some sort of like bookkeeping system, accounting software, and there's some that are free and there's some that cost a monthly fee and you can decide which one of those work. Now, And then you get and then you work with someone who understands how to set it up because the setup part of it is really, really important. So you handle that. And then you as a business owner, just schedule time, CFO, a CFO date for you and your business where you look, you do your bookkeeping. And again, the way that the technology is designed, it really helps you really expedite the process of all of the categorization. And then you can run your reports and then you can, you know, look at your numbers and, and 
what I have my clients do when I work with them in this capacity, they like, I give them a list of questions and I'm like, if you can answer all these questions and you understand your financials and like, you're good to go, then you get to the point where it sounds like you're at. And it's, I've got a lot of things happening and I could spend my time doing things that are revenue generating and outsource different components of it. So that's where I think you start to entertain, like, how do I outsource my bookkeeping? How do I work with someone who can help me scale this business that may be able to see things that I'm not seeing simply because I don't look at my business strictly from a financial lens. And that's where you start to enlist someone like, what, like someone like me, where I do bookkeeping and I also do fractional CFO support. So working with someone that can help you support you and have a very solid understanding of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to create in the short term, as long as, as well as in the three-year term, because we want to make sure that we're putting you in a direction where you're scaling and you're getting yourself to the goals that you wish to reach. And then after that, um, you know, when you're, when you're ready to, I mean, some people, when they scale, when I, what I find is when they get to anywhere between like five to $10 million and they're using like an outsourced framework at some point, they decide to bring the whole thing back in house because they just feel like they want to be able to have more of that real time, like access and some, a dedicated person on their payroll to do that. So it's usually like DIY outsourced. And then if you're scaling to a point where you're, you wanting to develop an entire finance department, you bring it back in. Now, the type of person that you're looking for, um, it's not just a single person, because when it comes to anything, if we think about, I feel like the whole like way that one, a company markets, I feel like this is the best way to explain it. A person that is an expert in graphic design is likely not an expert in SEO. A person that's an expert in copywriting is not going to be an expert in website development. And so, and, and you know, it might not be a person who can be a social media manager. So what you really want to do is when it comes to finance, like it's the same thing. Someone who is a bookkeeper can help keep your business organized and be your partner in a day-to-day -day, um, engagement. Someone who is more of a fractional CFO um, may be able to help you with your bookkeeping, but is also your strategic you know, partner in the day-to-day. -day. And then you could have someone who's a CPA who's looking at your business as from a tax lens. They're looking there. That's the lens that they're looking through. And then there's financial planners who are helping you help shape and like retirement experts and who are really trying to shape, like, how do you create savings in a very specific way, whether it's through retirement, whether it's through purchasing of, of insurance. So it's like a whole group of people that support you and really just being able to understand where you need to be, like who you need support with at what time, because a bookkeeper's investment, it looks much differently than a bookkeeper and a fractional CFO and what you would pay someone to do tax services for you, you know, it's going to look different as well. So really having an understanding of who, of what results you're trying to create with your financials right now is like, it's like thinking like that first and reverse engineering it. 
I want clarity in my business financials so that I can run a report and see where we are. I mean, that speaks like a bookkeeper. I want to have someone who can help me scale my business to seven figures in the next two years. You know, that would require a bookkeeper to help you keep everything organized, but it also will require like a fractional CFO and someone who can help you from like a financial lens on that way. So really getting clear on who it is and how you need the support is, is the first step. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. That is an excellent point. Um, and as a business owner, you have to figure out, okay, what exactly do I need help with? Like, I know in our situation, um, I had thought about a bookkeeper, but I was like, you know, bookkeeping is not really too difficult. I can probably do that. What I'm worried about, because we use QuickBooks online. So if anybody is looking for, um, you know, a software, QuickBooks is awesome. Um, (laughs) That's how we run payroll and everything. But um, I was like, what we are really wanting is someone to help us strategize. So strategize around taxes, strategize around, you know, how to grow our business, depreciation stuff, you know, some of the nitty gritty stuff, not so much the day to day. And so that's when I kind of switched our focus from trying to find a bookkeeper to trying to find a CPA or a fractional CFO like Amy, because those are the type of people that can help you with those types of things. So I think as a business owner, you kind of have to nail down what it is exactly that you're looking for. And then you can start your search around who that needs to be. Um, So that was a true gem um, just now, Amy. Um, But anyway, you've gone over so much in this episode and you're obviously very knowledgeable about business finances and things like that. So if people were interested in contacting you, how would they find you? So I, my website is myvirtualcfo.co. So you can go there and uh, check out um, all of the things happening there. And um, I can also be um, found on Instagram at myvirtualcfo. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Amy, for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This was a very timely discussion (laughs) and I'm sure it'll help a bunch of the business owners that are listening in right now, um, because I've learned that a lot of my audience is, you know, people that are wanting to start businesses or people that are new in their business. So we just gave a whole game plan (laughs) around, you know, starting a business and growing a business and then making sure that you have the right team in place. So this was a really good episode. Um, I will have all of Amy's links in the show notes. So definitely check that out. And thank you so much, Amy. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. Thanks, you too. Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwitht.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode? Talk to you soon.